Welcome to Your Best Bets, previewing the Arnold Palmer Invitational this week at Bay Hill, uh, one of the uh, more exciting tournaments usually on tour. Uh, unfortunately, we won't have the defending champion this year to talk about. We'll still talk a little bit about Bryson later on. We're going to review the Honda Classic, which was underwhelming for our picks in a lot of ways. We'll talk about that. We have more on Phil Mickelson. Saudi and and uh, some Zach Johnson news, which I know everyone will be excited about. Uh, joining me once again is one scary motherfucker. It's Johnny Strauser. Good to be on, and and especially thankful for that uh, uh, that title there. Thank you. Just came up with that as we were talking about Mickelson. Um, yeah, uh, the Honda Classic, Johnny. Um, I I was. I did not see a lot of it until Sunday. I did watch the whole final round on Sunday and I certainly was, uh, I was surprised by the outcome. I know going into the day, I, I was looking at betting opportunities that did not involve Daniel Berger because I assumed Daniel Berger was going to close this out. Um, I couldn't have been more surprised by the start of, of his round when he let everyone back in. And then for a long time, I just thought Shane Lowry was going to win. So I was even more surprised when our, our guy, first round leader stalwart, Sepp Straka came away with the win. Uh, pretty underwhelming results. I, I mean, we could talk about this for a couple of minutes, but your thoughts on the day. Yeah, I, I had kind of thought all day on, on how I wanted to approach this and discuss it. And, and that's what it was. It was underwhelming there. Um, he's, he was, it was a decent college player played for the university of Georgia. And, and as anybody who follows uh, a, a lot of golf in college golf knows that there are a lot of PGA tour guys, a lot of guys who've won on tour, who've uh, gone to the university of Georgia, um, you know, very successful program. So, you know, he fit, in as far as being a successful story there, but, you know, you don't look, you don't think Sepp Straka and, and, you know, you don't get excited about it or anything like that. So, you know, it was just one of those things that, yeah, he just happened to win and everything like that. But one thing I want to take, I do take from it is you, and you mentioned it looking for ways to, to find guys, um, you know, down the board and everything that everybody thought Daniel Berger was going to win. I thought he was going to win. You probably thought he was going to win. And, and, and the books had him at what, like minus four seventy five at one point, I think to start that round there. I mean, generally he's not, you know, a guy of that caliber is not going to lose that kind of a lead, but you know, that's, that's why they play the game. You know, that's why they, they, you know, he's got to still complete the 18 holes. He's still got to play well. And, that golf course, as hard as it is, it exposes you in a lot of different ways. And if you're just a little bit off there and you get some tough breaks, uh, which he got both of was where he didn't play well, plus the bad breaks, you know, you can lose shots quickly there. And that's why um, it's it's a good idea to not totally give up on a golf tournament, um, even if the lead is something like that, because, you know, you could find guys at plus a thousand plus uh, um, you know, 1250, you know, plus, you know, 1500 that are, that are only four or five shots back. And generally the leader of a tournament's not going to go super, super low on the last day. So a lot of those guys are going to kind of go 
uh, go balls out and, and try to make a bunch of birdies. And, you know, um, Sepp Straka's his ball strike. I'm sorry, his uh, um, tee to green. No, no, I'm sorry. Off the tee numbers. Wasn't that number one? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. For the week, um, he's driving the ball unbelievably. Normally, he's a pretty good driver of the golf ball, but especially good there, and just kind of hung in there and made birdies when he when he needed to, and had a real solid finish, um, and was able to to birdie eighteen, which was kind of a pretty amazing birdie because the 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 skies just opened up and was just dumping rain. I mean, when nobody, you know, they're going to call the tournament most of the time and, and delay it. They finished out. And he made birdie on that last hole. So. You know, not much else to say about it other than, you know, should have been Daniel Berger, but, you know, you just generally as a better, you don't want to give up on these because four shots isn't always insurmountable in, in some situations. Yeah, that's a good point. I think the last, going into the last day, I bet Straka was plus 2,500 or so just uh, to win still. Um you know, it's it was highly unlikely if 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 we play that final round ten times, Daniel Berger probably wins eight of them. Um, but it was one of the few times where he he didn't win. Um, Straka, I think he got a great break there on on eighteen. He got to hit his tee shot with the full run out of the fairways before the rain came down. Um, he had under two hundred yards left when Lowry got up there down one. The rain was pouring. Uh, it definitely affected his tee shot and. I, you know, that's just the way this way golf goes. Sometimes you get, you're on the right side of the break. Sometimes you're on the wrong side. I thought it was a bit odd that they played through that. I've seen, I've seen it delay paused for much less than that. I mean, there was standing water in front of the green on 18 and they just played through it. I was kind of laughing. Um, my wife who doesn't normally watch any golf, she was standing, sitting there watching with me. She's like, why aren't they, why aren't they calling this? I'm like, you know, I don't really know. I don't have a good answer for that. Um, I guess because it was such a short burst of rain that they just decided to go through it. But yeah, all all credit to to Sep for uh, birding three of the last five, and really Lowry, he was very deserving to win. He bogey free sixty seven, did nothing wrong, played a great final round on that golf course. It just got beat at the very end. Um, just a couple takeaways: Do we care about Daniel Berger? Is this a big deal, or is this just one bad round? What uh, you know, at the end of a great week, I, I wouldn't be worried about him. He's he's got that type of mental makeup that he's going to learn from this. Um, you know, I, I think uh, as bad as he played that final round compared to how well he played the, the the other rounds, he'll take that into consideration when when he's you know preparing uh, for final rounds going forward. But if it was certain guys on on the tour, I'd be a little bit worried that this would kind of be a, um, a you know mental block here going forward. Not with him though. He's he's not arrogant, but he's cocky in a in a in a good way. And I think he'll take um, the he'll take the good from this somehow. And and he even said it after the round when they talked to him that uh, you know he didn't play nearly as well as he wanted to, obviously. But he'll take uh, he'll take what he can away from it and. You know, it, it's just different. Sunday golf on the PGA Tour is different. A lot of these guys talk about it. Um, you know, anybody who contends, there is a, a different kind of feeling. You got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And you know, the, I don't think he's ever won where he's been in that large of a lead like that, or or had that big of a lead. So, you know, it's just a, a new way to 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 figure out how to handle his his nerves, his emotions, his you know, his, his golf swing and everything like that. So I'm not, 
maybe you do have some, you know, some concern about him, but I don't think, I think he's got, he's the type of guy that we shouldn't have to worry about. No, I, I agree. He's probably, he probably spent the day on a boat somewhere vibing. I mean, let's be honest. He's got, he's got, boat. he's got the Dustin Johnson mentality. It feels like where he can shake things off pretty quickly. So no, I'm not, I'm not worried about Berger. I was actually, I was, I was looking Sunday morning for players, uh, players championship odds. And uh, I was kind of curious to see where, where he uh, sat. I thought he might be a pretty good fit for Sawgrass actually with um, just how accurate is he, he is off the tee when he gets going with his irons. We've, we saw what he did, uh, I guess, probably the first two rounds, mainly at Honda. Um, so I like, I like Berger potentially as a dark horse for the players. I think I saw him at plus 2,800. Of course, we'll talk about that one next week. Um, anything else from Honda? You hit all three of your matchups. Is that correct? Your best bet? Yes, I did. Lowry and Knox. then uh, um, Knox. And then uh, I did the three-way bet with uh, uh, with uh, Denny McCarthy. McCarthy over Westwood and Taylor Moore. Uh, Zach hits a – was a nice play with Chris Kirk, top 10 at plus 550. That was uh, really yeah. well, well uh, forecasted by Zach. Uh, I went 0 for 5. Thank you very much. Uh, in my typical uh, hit a homer or strikeout mode, I strike out. Uh, I'll be I'll be done with Luke Donald going forward. You know, if it, it just felt right, it felt like there was something there, but there really wasn't. It turns out there was nothing there at all. He, you know, it was just his first like thirteen holes because he almost ended up making the cut. He he got it back and only shot like it was it two or three over that first round. And then played pretty well that second round and just just fell short of making the cut. So, you know, it's just that was that must have been it. But I I, I was like I told you I was a little bit shocked, but you know, sometimes nothing, I, right. Sometimes I'll get a little cute with these plays, so that was probably uh, a little bit too cute. Um, all I know is I I'm I'm so thankful. I, I really like the Honda. I, I like I like the golf course. I think it's incredibly difficult, but I'm really glad we're past this week. So I'm gonna hear about the bear trap one more goddamn time. Well, then they got that front nine, which is even a tougher three-hole stretch that they were calling um ESPN plus. I think they were calling it like the cub trap or something like that. And I was like, how many traps are on this goddamn golf course? And and stroke average wise, I think it was playing very, very similar to that of uh, that of Riv, but Riv being a par was a par seventy one. Right. Um, you know, finishing further under par there, and it's like it's not that much harder. It's hard, but quit talking about the, this bear trap. Right. Yeah. We'll, we'll get back to that once we get to Valspar. I think then we got oh snake, snake pit. pit or something like that. That's right. And, and NBC, so. NBC, they really hammered into the ground, especially Dan Hicks. I mean, Hicks is fine, but it. Yeah, I mean he's he's a little little cheese bally and just it's it's he gets over the top a little bit. Um, I don't think anything else from uh, Honda for either one of us. Uh, so I guess next is is the never ending saga. I mean we talked about it a lot last week uh, and the week before, but uh, Phil Mickelson just he, he keeps just providing content late. I mean for the last month and. Uh, you know, he comes out with a statement. I think it was Tuesday of last week, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe, maybe it was Monday. He released it pretty much right at the time at the players' meeting with Jay Monahan. 
Um, I had to be expertly timed Monday. by Mickelson. So that was Monday. Um, I, I pretty much call it the non-apology apology. I, I, I'm apologizing because my my off-the-record quote-unquote comments became on the record, and I'm pissed I got caught with them. Uh, what I mean, this this was a this was just an awful apology slash statement, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It, it was almost like it was like one of those fake ones that you'd see on Twitter that someone you know, um, you know, kind of created just to, just as a, a joke, really. I mean, I, 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 you know, since it came from his account, you know, I was like, okay, this is real and everything. But yeah, it was. It wasn't. It didn't feel like really an apology. It was just, you know what? I screwed up and pissed off some people. And if that pissed off you or pissed off people, I'm apologizing to you. And just kind of was just pretty weak all the way around. And I, you know, I didn't think that it was going to get that much worse than how kind of Sunday rolled around once everybody um, you know, once DJ and Bryson officially committed to the PGA tour that I figured he just kind of would just disappear and then doing that. And then saying that is claiming his comments were off the record. And, and the guy who's writing the book on him, um, Alan Shipnuck, he is, he's a very, very good writer. I mean, he's not, a, he's not a hack. He's not, you know, that type of guy that, uh, um, would, would post comments if they were discussed off the record. Like, he's just, he's a professional professional dude so you know he immediately was like no this is this is not what happened and everything and you know i think phil's gonna do the right thing by disappearing for a while um how long that's gonna be i i i'm very curious to see what that is but he kind of didn't felt like he did more damage than than he did good with that Let's take time away to become the man he wants to be um and, and, and work on himself i can't wait to see what that looks like um, is he gonna is he gonna reappear with the players? You think? No, I you think it's Augusta. I think he'll re- I think he'll he'll try to read the room, and I think at the earliest it'll be Augusta. I am gonna guess if I had to predict right now on the over under of PGA tournaments, non-majors that he's going to play in going forward at 0.5, I would bet the under, I, I think he is, I think he might be done. He might play in these, the major championships since they're not really affiliated with the PGA tour, but no, I don't think he's going to play in the PGA tours major, which is the players championship. That's too early. Maybe Augusta, but uh, you know, I, I just don't see, I mean, he's got his tail so far between his legs. It's like, what, what, what do you do? How do you, how do you kind of make amends here and, and all that stuff? And I just, he's in such a difficult position, but I think it's going to ultimately depend on, on how much money he has or doesn't have <laughs> and whether he needs it. I mean, seriously, with based on the Pat Perez comments and, all that other stuff. It's like what? What? Something's going on. He lost some money in, in betting or paying people to shut up about certain things. I mean, I don't know. Well, he's got that insider trading situation that should be resolved later this year. It sounds like with uh, Billy Walters. So he's got that going on as well. I, I can't That's still see going it. on. Still going on. It's still happening. Yes. Um, I. 
I, I guess I, I know. Totally I know he's he's got he's got a lot going on. Maybe that maybe that's what Pat Perez is referring to. Um, I can't see him missing Augusta though. I just can't. He's too. He's got too big an ego to think he couldn't win since he you know he just won a couple majors ago. Um, I, I you may be right that we not we may not see him at a regular PJ Tour event or even the players just to stick it to the PJ Tour. Um, of course, probably won't see him at the U.S. Open because he hates the USGA as well. Um, yeah, th- this this statement apology was 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 pretty comical to me. You know, it really, I think the only only people he really apologized to were the Saudis, and um, he mentioned about when there's change, there's disruption before the change occurs. And again, it just had the feel of, I'm still really smart. I'm Phil Mickelson. I'm really not sorry. I'm, I'm kind of irritated. I have to do this. And um, it just, it, it comes off as disingenuous yet again. So we saw a bunch of his sponsors leave Callaway, his sponsor since 04, they've paused their relationship um, he's not the host of the American Express anymore. I mean, it's, there's a lot of shit going Workday on. Workday right and KPMG. Workday and KPMG. His two big sponsors, his hat sponsor and his shirt sponsor, um, gone. They just yeah. dropped him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So things are definitely not looking up for Phil. So we'll, we'll just have to stay, stay tuned and see what happens next. Had that weird, um, had that weird statement from Xander this week too, which I don't think anyone really needed. I don't know. I don't know if you saw that. No. no. There was, I Xander, saw the comment, and it was just like he he announced that he wasn't going to play, Matt. It was just an unnecessary, unneeded statement. It felt like um, about the about the Saudi golf. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know what else to say about about the whole situation. Uh, oh, but Greg Norman, he he did he did pen that letter to Jay Monahan, and he was pissed. Thoroughly, <laughs> uh, you're in jest or whatever he said. <laughs> Holy Christ! Right. Um, yeah, I felt like I was in like England in 1910 the way he wrote that. Um, yeah, I don't. You know, I need to see something. Put something on the schedule. Um, you know, Greg, for, for, with this league, you know, get something going if you really want to make this thing a, a real potential rival tour. I, I just it doesn't have a lot of legs now. But yeah, nor, between Norman and Mickelson, this has just been content fodder. And uh, the nickel, the 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 Norman part's been more of a just you just laugh when he when he speaks at this point. It feels like. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's you know that's what they could do though is, and I think that's how they're going to have to do it if they want this to to happen is is start this tour, get your corn fairy guys, get your PGA Tour Canada guys, get your Asian Tour guys, and you're just going to have to show that this is a comfortable event. Have events in Canada, have events in the United States or in Mexico, you know, or or in France, and 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 they don't have to be in in Saudi Arabia. They can be in other. Other places, but show the schedule, show these guys that there is something. Cause a lot of them are just like, they're kind of pointing, not pointing at each other, but kind of pointing at each other saying, well, are you going to go? Or are you going to go? And, you know, once these big guys say, no, we're not going to do it, then, then they're not going to do it. But if, I think if you showed a portfolio of events and, and uh, you know, with payouts and, and, and stuff, even with these guys, yeah, you may not get, um, you may not get a lot of, TV interest, but you're going to get golfing Twitter. You're going to get you, you're you're going to get some network interest because 
you know, most people don't watch the Corn Fairy events and Golf Channel. Most of them don't watch the Champion Tour events. But if you show them, if you show these guys that this can be something, and right now this is all talk, and you're asking guys who are threatening their legacies and saying, hey, for $135 million, you can come over here. No, we don't have anything to show you. We don't have any courses booked. We don't have any dates. We don't have any prize funds. We don't have anything like this. But go ahead and sign sign this away. And and that's that's the problem in and of itself. Like you might be able to get a DJ or you know someone of higher caliber that would do it if they kind of knew what was going on. But like even off of what that weird comment that Mickelson said that you have to create that chaos before you know before change can happen, you you just have to kind of show your cards and say this is what we're going to do. We're going to struggle for three to five years, but we're going to hopefully shoot at the. for the the back end of these players, you know, this generation of players will eventually get them to defect when they're 43, 44, 45 years old. But right now that's not going to do that. You really can't focus on getting all these guys to jump when they know, you know, you're, we're still in the post, you know, just the end of the tiger era where there's these legacies where they they've grown up looking at tigers records and all that other stuff. They're not going to want to jump over this other league and, and play in these, these shit ass events that may or may not exist. So if they can, if they can kind of come up with something rather than, than talk, this is going to be the same thing. This is going to happen day after day, year after year, until there's something that's tangible that these guys can look at. The, I guess the part that, that, I mean, Mickelson keeps talking about changing the game, changes the game for the better, but everything that has happened just screams of this being a money grab and nothing he can say really uh, appears any different to the public. And, and that's what all of us think. Like you're, you're, you're doing this for the money and you're doing it from, for the money that's coming from all the wrong places. And you can tell us you're trying to change the game, but that it, it doesn't, it's not believable. It, it, at this point, nothing he can really say comes across as believable and, and he keeps digging himself a deeper hole uh, that's pretty much that's my final thought on it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I I agree with you there. And yeah, if it wasn't Saudi money, then you know, I, I think if it was a group of French investors or something like that, that was that was done better. You know, per, we'd be looking the, at a different situation. But that's, well, the, that's the, the Premier Golf problem. League, the PGL that that was going to be that's essentially what it was. I mean, and uh, the Saudis sort of stole the idea and just yeah. They had a lot more money to to mess with. Um, the PGL was was an interesting idea with with money that wasn't coming from a murderous government. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, Ryder Cup. Uh, your boy Zach Johnson is the Ryder Cup captain for the 2023 team. Uh, the U.S. Ha- of course has not won on the road since 1993. Uh, I believe at the Belfry. Uh, Zach Johnson gonna gonna lead the U.S. to their first road win in 30 years. Well, first, I, I I'm not surprised at the pick. Um, he's been the assistant captain for I think the last two, and then he's been the assistant Presidents Cup captain for at least the last two. So every year he's been an assistant captain. He's essentially being groomed by, you know. The, these guys by Stricker, by, by Davis Love, um, you know, by the other captains to become the captain there. So 
he's kind of next in line. You, you made a good point though, that should it have been, should it be six years from now, eight years from now, you know, something letting tiger and well, at one point, Phil Mickelson, but I think he's, he's kissed that goodbye, but, um, but letting tiger, you know, take his, and everything like that. So I, yeah, I mean, going into an away game like that, I, I'd feel much better about Tiger Woods being the captain. I mean, what he did in Royal Melbourne was pretty, uh, pretty impressive for the president's cup and, and everything like that. But I think he's going to end up being pretty underrated because he knows his stuff. Um, he's worked under these captains. I mean, he was, he was an assistant at Royal Melbourne. Um, he is, he's always been kind of an underwhelming dude, just an underwhelming golfer. You know, we've never really loved the guy and he's kind of goofy and weird in these interviews and, you know, and things like that. But I, I don't mind the pick just because I think it's, it's his time, but could they have waited possibly or, or given him a, uh, giving them a home game, but it's like, when do you do that? When do you fit these guys in there before it's, before it's too late? Cause I think you, don't you want, generally you want these guys playing on the same tour as the guys that they're going to pick. Right. And, and I think, I think Zach is 46. I think that's what I saw today that he's 46 years old, which, and obviously he's still out there playing with these guys. Um, yeah, you know the, the pick is fine. It's 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 very safe. It's um, he's one of the few guys right now in the pipeline that has been serving as vice captain uh, on the recent teams. And uh, with everything that's happened with Mickelson, I I don't know what the future holds for him. I, I think it's always been thought that he'd be the guy at Beth Page in twenty twenty five. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know what I don't know what the PGA America is going to do with that when when that comes. But this, yeah, this always seemed like Zach's spot to take the the captainship for the 2023 team. It just seemed like a nice spot. My argument was why not why not just give Tiger multiple runs? And I mean, this this guy. I mean, if anyone deserves it, you could have him for the next three teams, and no one would complain. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, my thought is if it's, if, it, if Mickelson doesn't get it in 25, it's probably got to be Tiger. Uh, but if it is Mickelson, then you're, then you're waiting until 2027 for Tiger at that point. It just seems like a long time for him to wait. Um, I can't think of anyone else really in the pipeline but, uh, besides Phil and Tiger, though, that we're talking about after Zach Johnson. I mean, I, I think Fitzgerald mentioned maybe half jokingly, half serious uh, Kucher. Uh, as as a potential captain, I mean, I, I he's in yeah. the right he's in the right age range. Of course, he's never won a major. I know they prefer guys that have at least won a major. Uh, Steve Stricker didn't though. Um, there's really there's really not a lot of other Americans in their their early to mid forties that are in this mix to be, you know, be in the be in discussion as a Ryder Cup captain. Am I missing anyone? No, I, I actually thought I think Kucher, you're going to see him as an assistant captain um, for for Zach Johnson. But again, we're we're looking at the end of the Tiger dominance. This age range of guys that were you know consistently beaten down, you know, basically, but by him and um, you know for a good good stretch there. So yeah, they don't have the accolades that 
you know, some of these other golfers have had. So yeah, there's going to be that lull and, and hopefully it'll be, you know, a Zach Johnson. And then, you know, you'd hope Phil Mickelson could take one. And then I, I, I agree. I, we talked about it before that Tiger Woods, you know, he deserves, he deserves several if he wants them. I mean, that's what he wants to do. You know, have at it as much as you can, but yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be the easiest and we might end up seeing Jim Furyk get another round or Davis Love get yet another round in there. Of, oh, Jesus. Of the there because oh, I'm telling God. you, man, they, they just, they got to wait. It, it's you're, you're basically kind of going to be in this period of time where you've got to fill it in between like, I mean, I don't even know who would be the next group of guys like a Dustin Johnson. I mean, he's, I, I he's almost 40. So, you know, yeah. him in eight years or something like that, you know, type of thing. So you've got a few of these that, that you've got to get, get through, but yeah, I think, I think Zach has been groomed for that. He's, he's ready to go. Um, you know, we'll see. I, I, I you, you'd like a stronger presence possibly as a, uh, you know, you are trying to win your first away Ryder cup. Cause I mean, the home Ryder cups are great because you get to celebrate with your fans and, and you've got that home course, but going into hostile territory, like, like that, um, you know, overseas, is something I think that uh, a lot of these captains will, will cherish. And to me, it's like, okay, yeah, we can win at, at Whistling Straits where the golf course and the, and the fans or everything's set up to where we've got everybody, you know, hooting and hollering and cheering for us and stuff. Can you go in there when, when, you know, when, when they're cheering for uh, the other team and they're, they're cheering your bad shots, can you do that? And is somebody like uh, Zach Johnson going to be a guy who can get them up for it? I think he will, but, yeah, uh, it's going to be an interesting thing to see that. And then who is it going forward to bridge this gap between this current group of superstars that still has 15 to 20 years of good golf, you know, in their careers. Something uh, jarring that I was reading. And I, I, I guess I just, I didn't think of it until I was reading it that uh, Zach Johnson's won a major more recently than uh, one Rory McIlroy. That's, that's pretty crazy. Right. <laughs> That's one of those things I, you hear I, that I you're like, it. oh, shit, really? And I mean, I think a lot yeah. of people forget Zach Johnson's won two majors. Um, uh, in, uh, double yeah, digit, really good majors, double digit, double digits and and, and wins on the PGA Tour. I, I, I guess he's probably a Hall of Famer, the Golf Hall of Famer, if we're you know, talking about. The qualifiers normally around 15 wins, a, a, a minimum one major. I think he's less than 15, but he's got the multiple majors. So yeah, I. Anyways, it's 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 probably the right pick. It's a fine pick. It's I, I'm not necessarily thinking if they win the 2023 Ryder Cup, it's going to be because of Zach Johnson. It's going to be because of the uh, just the, the massive amount of talent that this team will still have uh, next year as they displayed last year. Arnold Palmer Invitational. Yeah, he's just got to pick the right guys. He's got four. He's got four picks, and all he's got to do, like Stricker, I mean, Str- Stricker did okay with the pairings. He, he was it was hard for him to mess it up, but he just had to make four good picks, captain's picks, and he did. So you know, that's just that's what Zach's got to do, and and he'll be fine. The API this week, uh, I, as we mentioned earlier, it's it's one of the more it's one of the elevated events on tour uh along with or is it an elevated event or is it i, I th- is that just genesis and, it is it's uh, an invitation only okay. okay 
Um, so Bay Hill over 7,400 yards, long golf course. Um, it's one of the longer courses on tour, uh, narrower, narrower than average fairways, um, thick rough. I don't know if you've seen some of the rough videos already on Twitter, but they've been dropping balls in the rough this, uh, that I, I saw I love over, those videos yeah, over the, the weekend ball videos. <laughs> so I, I don't know if the rough is longer than normal, but it, it appears to be. Um, so you got to really drive the ball well here. It feels like, um, you know, we know Bryson won here last year. He had that iconic drive on number six. Um, he is uh, not in the field now after withdrawing today. But this course uh, that we were talking about this before we went live is um, there's, a, there's a lot of approach shots over 175 yards, a lot over 200 yards. The par threes are a bear. I think all four are over 200 yards, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, you know, you just you really got to gotta really golf your ball well. You got to strike it well. Uh, I think you got to be, you, you got to be gaining strokes off the tee, don't you think? At least, at least as a starting point. I mean, if you if you're losing strokes off the tee, you're probably not gonna, you're not probably not gonna be uh, at the top of the leaderboard at the end of the week. Ab- absolutely. I mean, yeah. With especially, I didn't see anything about the rough yet, um, but no. Now knowing how thick the rough is, I, I was already gonna say strokes gained off the tee is gonna be probably my number one. Um, uh, metric that I'm going to look at, and now knowing that how critical it is to get in the, in the fairway, um, I'll, I'll definitely be be considering that. So we got to look at the real good drivers of the golf ball, and like you said, there's a lot of a lot of long irons going into into par fours. It's not one of those driver wedge golf courses. There's a lot of a uh, lot of uh, you know seven iron, six iron, five iron, four irons that are going in. You got to be able to hit those well. So um, I think it's pretty predictable. I think the, the a lot of the winners and, and guys who contend typically are pretty good drivers of the ball. All right, let's uh, let's get to the odds. As we mentioned earlier, Bryson uh, withdrew this morning. I don't. I didn't see a huge fluctuation in the odds after that. Sometimes you see some of these these guys in the the, the top of the odds board withdraw, and there's a there's a big shift. I didn't necessarily see that. Uh, Rom is playing this event for the first time. He's at plus seven fifty. He's coming off that uh, that week at Genesis where he he didn't play well, finished twenty first, um, but uh, didn't hear from a lot from him f- in that event. Rory McIlroy is arguably the horse for the course here, top tens in the last five years, and the win uh, in twenty eighteen. Um, Scotty Scheffler at 1600, Vic Hovland at 1800, Matt Fitzpatrick, also a recent horse for the course top tens in the last three years at this golf course, which is an odd fit because it doesn't necessarily fit his game on paper, but he seems to play this course really, really well. Sanjay at 2200, Hideki, Will Zalatoris at 25, Mark Leishman, who's been great here as well, 2800, Terrell Hatton at 2800. You mentioned this before we went live, Johnny, that this seems to be one of those courses where you play here, you play well here one or two times, you play well here a lot. Um, so are you going to be targeting those guys, a couple of those guys that we talked about uh, at the top because they have the history here? Yeah, I'd like to favor on, on uh, uh, Bay Hill here, guys who have had that success. And, you know, John Rahm's best player and everything, but the way he putted, 
um, in, in the last event at Riv kind of concerned me. Um, he's your number one off the tee guy, but at only, uh, um, what's, what's essentially 15 to two odds plus 750. I, I don't really like that number. He's a guy who I might consider a, in a live bet looking at looking at his numbers to see, you know, if he, if he's a little bit further back and if he can get back to plus a thousand and if he's within striking distance, you know, after Friday there, that's somebody I like. Um, McElroy's the, the one I'm really kind of looking at here. Um, like you said, he's had a lot of really good success at this golf course and he does fit the profile. Um, at 10 to one, that, that number is a little bit short. So I don't know if I'd make it on a, on a best bet. Um, I don't think I'll live bet Rory though, because if, if you see that he's kind of a little bit off, you know, there's a, there's a, he doesn't get in contention as much as some of these guys do. If you can tell that, you know, he's not putting well or something like that. He, you know, it looks like he's more going through the motions and everything like that, but I wouldn't mind him as a pre-tournament bet, even at plus a thousand, um, you know, you're not going to make much off of it, but you know, he, he, he does well on the golf course there. Uh, one guy I pointed out and I picked him as one of my best bets, uh, before he withdrew at, at, at Riv was, was Matthew Fitzpatrick. Um, he is, I believe top 12 or so in the field in strokes gain off the tee plays difficult golf course as well. I think the, the, the English guys generally play this golf course pretty well for some reason as well. At least I can always remember guys like Tommy Fleetwood and, uh, Lee Westwood. Uh, I think you even Ian Poulter's had some success here. So Tyrrell Hatton, um, you know, is another guy he's not playing well. So we'll see if we, if we, uh, want to pick him, but, but Matthew Fitzpatrick is, or Matt Fitzpatrick, I should say gains almost a half stroke off the tee. Good for, you know, top 12 there. Um, not really losing much. It looks like in his last 50 rounds, except for around the green. So, um, pretty good numbers all around there. I do like him quite a bit, but 20 to one is a pretty decent number. I'll probably be looking at him at a win bet, maybe a top 10 as well. Yeah. I love Rory uh, this week. I don't love him at a plus 1000 number. Um, I parlayed him with some, uh, some college basketball tonight. Um, so if those work out the way they're supposed to, I've, I've boosted his number to nearly plus 2000, which is a number I do love. So if I, if I get that, I love Rory this week to contend at minimum. He's off a 10th uh, place at Genesis, which was no doubt a Rory backdoor top 10. But still, um, he's in good form, I think. He had those couple events uh, on the Euro Tour in January that I, he was he played well at, didn't win, but he was close. So I like him here. I don't see any reason why Victor Hovland shouldn't set up well for this golf course. Um, if you're talking about strokes gained off the tee, to, total strokes gain, um, long irons, I, I think of Hovland. Uh, so I, I, I don't know if he's going to be a bet or best bet, but I couldn't, couldn't fault you if you went that way. Um, I'm, I'm really looking at Will Zalatoris, Johnny. Um, I think he the, just, you know, the ball striking really is this, this is a good fit for him. We know how much length that he's he's put on uh, in the offseason, I guess. Um, we saw that at Torrey, a, a long golf course, and he probably should have won that tournament. Um, you know, he hits enough fairways. Uh, he's, he's accurate enough to, to keep it away from the trouble here. 
And Tita Green, um, he's, I think he is, it's okay, he's, he's fourth in this field, Tita Green. So I like Zalatoris. I'll probably bet him in some capacity at plus 2,500. Um, those are probably my two favorite plays at the top is, is Rory and Zalatoris. Um, again, I, I, I do like Fitzpatrick. I think Matt Siama could flash as well. Um, but that's where I'm headed. And um, there was one stat that I saw that I was going to read off that um, if you're looking at players who played par threes well over 200 yards, par fours from 450 to 500, which we said a lot of par fours fall, and par fives, there's four par fives of this golf course, um, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, John Rahm, and Zyla Torres are in the, uh, the top. Uh, there are nine players who rank in the top 50 in all those categories, and those three guys are in there. So I think uh, you, if you just line it up with the stats and the metrics, um, Zalatoris and Fitzpatrick's are good plays. Um, plus 3,000 and above, Adam Scott, 3,500. Paul Casey at 3,500. Russ Henley at 4,000. Keith Mitchell off a good week uh, at 4,500. Sam Burns at 45. Max Homa at 45. And a few guys here at 5,000. Uh, Jason Kokrak, who also has a really nice history here. Sergio, Mav McNeely, Bezadenhu, and Tommy Fleetwood at 5,000. Man, Fleetwood really burned me last week. That was that was pretty frustrating. Yeah, I just uh, – I don't know if, you know, something's a little bit off. And – I don't know. He's, he's just not, he, he's not traditionally a good punter and, and really just struggled on the greens. And I was shocked by it because I had some bets on him um, that I thought he was going to end up playing well and, and just, you know, just didn't have it. Like, do you write him again this week? I, I, I don't yeah, know. I, I don't know. You know, again, I talked about the English players here, you know, he's a good ball striker, um, real good iron player. So, you know, from his four iron to his pitching wedgies, he, he's very, very solid. So, you know, if he hits a lot of greens and he's a good driver of the golf ball as well, he does hit it really, really straight. So do I like him as a best bet for me? No, but do I, uh, I don't think I'll fade him in any way because I think he's close. I think he's, uh, these guys are kind of looking to, uh, you know, especially the European players, they, they don't play much on the West coast. Um, they're mostly, they start up in the Florida swing here. So they're kind of ramping their games up for next week at the players and then for the masters. So yeah, maybe there, um, one name I didn't want to mention, or I did want to mention just because if he plays well and I don't bet him or I don't say anything about him, I at least said it was, uh, Mark Leishman. Um, he could be a real good uh, play for here. I did mention, uh, what did I mention last week? I mentioned Lowry. And didn't end up betting him in any way. And now it's like, yep. damn. So Leishman from that group there. But the, the guys I like here, um, and we've talked about him before, Keith Mitchell, um, one of the best drivers in the field here. Um, he's had two top tens at this this event here at Bay Hill. Played good last week, especially um, on Sunday. Uh, climbed into the top ten, I think, uh, with, with a good round there. So shows me he's playing well. He has some confidence. Like him quite this week here. Um, you know, remember we were seeing him way deeper at like 100 to one, and now he's only at 45. But I think that 45 is not bad, and you could look at playing him in matchups um, and feel pretty okay about it. Um, and then also, 
Um, I'm going to mention Max Homa again. He was one of those guys who we always talk about is an auto bet when he's at that, like plus 6,500 or so. Um, plays tough golf courses well. Um, he's played well, I think, played well here um, and played uh, um, some decent golf here lately. So, you know, I don't know. He, I think he finished uh, 15th or 14th or 15th and then. 10th over in California there. So after a week off coming over to Florida and, you know, typically he's a West coast guy, but he's a good player. So I I expect him to pretend maybe not on a win bet, but you know, he's kind of proven to me where he could do these top tens and top twenties. Now used to be kind of miscut or, or contending for a win, but you know, I like, I like those two guys um, in that range there. Max did finish 10th here last year, as you mentioned, uh, coming off the 10th place at Genesis. The Keith Mitchell play is a, is a smart one. I mean, if you're, t- you're talking about a guy that has uh, on tour three straight top 15 finishes now, um, I wasn't really aware of that until I was digging into the numbers here. Um, and he, uh, yeah, he has had two top 10s in the last couple of years at Bay Hill. Great. Great course fit. His preferred, um, you know, putting is or grass for putting is is Bermuda. So it is it is uh, it is a nice 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 fit for Keith Mitchell. If you want to bet him in some capacity, I think that's a good play. Um, I don't I don't know if I have anyone else in this range that I would I would love. I did I did bet Sam Burns today just on principle <laughs> because I saw him at fifty five hundred this morning. I did snatch that up right away. Wasn't a hefty bet because Sam Burns has missed three straight cuts and he is not in good form, but he's a Florida guy, a Bermuda guy for sure. Um, but if you want to pass on Burns, I would understand why as well. Uh, same feeling on Kokrak. Hey, Kokrak. what about what? Okay. I was just going to say Kokrak. Yeah, what did you think about him this week? Yeah, I mean, he really does have a strong history here. If I was going to pull it up, he has, um, let's see, um, looks like one, two, three. Four top tens, I believe. Four top tens in, since 2014. Um, he's lengthy off the tee. Um, uh, his approach game is much better than it used to be. But he's not really doing much lately, if, if I'm not mistaken. He just hasn't hasn't really played that well. Uh, in the 2022 season, I guess I guess 17th and 26th is not bad at all. That's his last two tournaments, uh, Sony and Genesis. So, yeah, actually, now that I think about it a little more, I support I support the Kokrak play at plus five thousand, uh, a win bets plus four hundred on a top ten. Um, I, for some reason, I thought he was playing worse. I guess I, he just really hasn't played that much so far, really in this season. Uh, next range, Billy Ho at. 5,500, Seamus Powers here, uh, Justin Rose, Jason Day at 65. Gary Woodland showed some form last week. He's at 6,500. Taylor Gooch is now dropping back down to a range that's a little bit more acceptable for him. He's at 6,500. The the guy that we love to bang on that never wins, Cameron Trigali at 65. Uh, and then Chris Kirk, Kevin Nye, Luke List, Corey Connors at 70 to 1. Johnny, the name that, that jumps off a little bit here is Gary Woodland to me. 
Um, I, I, for some reason I'm, I'm rooting for him to get back a little bit of his form. I think we saw it last week. He made a nice little charge, um, at Honda there on the last day, finished top 10. Um, it's a course that is long. We know Woodland is plenty long. Um, I don't mind that number at 6,500. If you want to take a, a kind of a flyer on, on Woodland, um, even another top 10, that would be at plus 500. Yeah. I could see him get kind of getting some form going, roll back to uh, back-to-back top 10 together. So Woodland's my guy in that range. What do you got? When I looked at this list here, he was kind of the only name that really popped out. I don't know if I, if I like him to win, but I mean, plus 500 on a top 10 is real good. And you know how I like guys that, uh, you know, they end up uh, when they play well on a Sunday, end up coming back and, and uh, uh, come back playing the next event there that they, I really like him coming into the event. He kind of fits that right there. And I was really rooting for Gary Woodland. I not, I've never really rooted for Gary Woodland too much. I mean, I did, I did when he played that USO, but I thought that was kind of cool, but he's really kind of played bad and been uh, beset with a ton of injuries. So it was nice to see him hang, hang in there for 72 holes on such a good golf course there. So I, I like him. I like he lost him. all that weight too. Huh? He lost all that weight too. Yeah. He was looking good. I mean, he was, he was looking solid there, but I'm going to bet him. I like him as for anybody else in that group. There's not, I, I don't really like this group at all. I mean, I, you know, I think Taylor Gooch, like you said, is, is more where he should be, but I think that's evident of the play. He he's a guy who always pops up on my radar there. I would love to say I like Jason Day to finish high, but you just you can't. I mean, since they don't do injury reports, and maybe that's something we're going to have to talk about on one of these days. I know I've complained to you that they need injury reports here, and I need to know how Jason Day is is feeling. You know, if he's feeling okay for the event, but. He's a guy who I think could could do some damage there, and uh, you know, and play pretty well. So, so maybe you know, maybe if if it sounds like he's he's healthy and everything like that, maybe a top twenty. I'm sure you could get a plus money there. Um, but I'm going to kind of stay away from this, this group as a whole, though, just because nothing really jumps out at me other than Woodland and possibly Day. Yeah, Jason Day, a former winner here, I think in 2016, he is coming in with with. Pretty decent form coming off that third at Farmers, top 25 at Pebble. Um, yeah, I, I, Chris Kirk, we, we, you know, we hit on him a little bit. Zach had him in the top 10. He, he has three straight, or I'm sorry, three of the last four years here at Bay Hill. He's finished in the top 15 here. Um, I had him on a massive, massive first round leader play last week. And I know you hit him too. And we would be, and just came up one shot short, but we've been on the we've been on those the last three tournaments. Uh, so hopefully we can keep that going. Uh, Corey Kiners finished third in this tournament last year, but he really, really is struggling so far. I don't know what's up with him, um, so I don't think you could play him. And uh, I won't I won't talk about Luke List, but profile's great. Profile's great for this golf course. Um, you just can't deny it, really. Um, 75 and above. Um, 
Johnny, this is where we'll just start naming a couple guys that we like. I want to I want to mention Cameron Young at, eight, at plus eight thousand. If you're talking about strokes gained off the tee, you're talking about the guy that's ranked second in the field. Uh, the last fifty round strokes gained off the tee. His form is unbelievable. He's had four straight uh, top twenty fives. Runner up at Genesis. He even backed it up a little bit last week at Honda with a sixteenth place finish. I think he shot a 66 the final round. I think he had the lowest final round out there, uh, I believe, on Sunday. Uh, this is a course that should be really tailor-made for Cameron Young. He's making a push to get in the top 50 as well to uh, qualify for the Masters. So I think you have to think about at least consider Cameron Young in some capacity. I mentioned to you as well before uh, earlier today that I just think on principle you should look at Matt Wolf. Um, he was um, – there's no way around it. He was atrocious last week. Like he was so bad. He was really, really bad. And I was he like plus sixteen or eighteen over two rounds, something like that. I mean, inconceivable almost. But could there be a worse fit for uh, for his game than than? Uh, oh yeah, Honda. The Honda. I mean, honestly. So, I just think this golf course fits him a lot better. Uh, we know Matt Wolf is very boomer bust. He could he could win the tournament and or finish last, and you probably wouldn't be surprised at either. Um, and so that's why I kind of like him. I see him here at 110 to one. Um, we know his talent level is much higher than that. This is a guy that played really well in the fall, so I, I'm going to be looking at a Matt Wolf as well. Um, you got a couple names past 75 to one that you want to mention? Well, let me let me just. I'll, I'll I'll argue for you with the Matt Wolf thing. Um, yeah, you're you're betting the number, and I've heard that that's what betters do is they, they bet the number. They don't bet necessarily the team or the you know whatever it is. At at that good of odds, you just you have to be okay with him taking dead fucking last in the event, which is what he did last week. But he is so good that when he's playing as well as uh, as he could. He's probably a top seven player in this field. So the form is absolutely not there. Um, he had a couple okay finishes in the fall. He hasn't really done anything this year. But if you want to throw a couple dollars as a, maybe a win bet or a top 10, you know, something like that, maybe you'll get that. But, you know, just on the back end, don't get pissed at yourself if he ends up, uh, you know, take a dead last. There. Right. Um, and then I do, I, again, we're, we're green here again here, unfortunately, but I like Cameron Young. Got to bet these guys when they're hot and him, him almost could have, would have, should have winning at Riv. And then he really played well. Um, he's almost young and dumb enough that he's just going to keep playing. And 80 to one. Yeah. You could go and throw a little bit on him to win, but I mean, you could look at him as a top 10 or top 20. It's still really good plus odds. You could look at him in matchups um, if he's still getting uh, playing lesser players in a matchup. So, you know, something like that is not a bad idea at all. Um, but as for names that I like, I really want – I wanted to talk about Thomas Peters, but he disappointed us so much. Mm. He His form is actually not as bad as – he played at, at Riviera there and he's a good driver right. of the golf ball. He, he's been putting pretty well and whatnot. And he's another guy who's got some value down, down the, this far here. He's a guy who's like good enough, like a Matthew Wolf. Like you could say he could win this event. Here. 
whether he's going to win or not, I don't know. But I mean, again, when I say that he could win something like this, if you like him in a, in a top 20 or 30 or whatever, you still get those good odds. I, I think I'm going to find a way to find him on, on one of my cards here. Maybe not necessarily a uh, best bet, but you know, he's got that, that good number there. Um, you know, that he's currently at. I don't think his form is, is quite that, that bad there. Um, and how far are we going back? We're going down. Do you see anything else you like? Yeah. What about, I'm sorry. What about, I'm, I've already gone way down the board, of course. Um, <laughs> I know we joke about, about um, him being the system play, but <laughs> the system play I thought might have, might win the tournament Adam Svensson yesterday and uh he putted so bad yes I mean awful and his ball striking at least going into Sunday was number one I don't I didn't see where he ended up but um I know he tied for ninth he, he struggled a little bit but he's at 250 to one but plus 1600 for a top 10 um if you I mean we talk about ball striking being really critical here. He's not maybe the most long, the, the longest player in the world, but just strokes, total strokes gained off the tee solid. So yep. if you're looking on the board, long shot. Time. I like it. He did. He did. He putted really, really poorly and still played as well as he did. He is a fantastic ball striker. So if he's, if he can get that confidence to hang in there on a Sunday, um, I which I think at this point is just himself getting, a, getting in contention here more and more and, and getting used to it. I, I see some. Uh, yeah, actually, he was he was still total uh, number one uh, strokes gained tee to green. He was seventy uh, third in putting. Wow! So that yep. bad of putting and still finished that high on that tough of a golf course there. So you know, he's not necessarily afraid of how challenging the golf course is, and you know it seems like his ball striking it rises to the occasion there. Yeah, if you look at him at top ten, um, he's a guy who could probably you know if he puts it all together, he could probably win. At some point, I don't, I don't know about this time, but yeah, he's uh, uh, watching him really. I don't know if I've ever seen him actually play before, uh, but he's got a real good golf swing. Yes. player there. So, um, I, one guy I do like, and I'm going to kind of keep betting him because I think if he figures it out here soon, he could, uh, he could contend. Is Nikolai Hogard? Um, He's played only in the uh, uh, the European Tour, and I think he played in oh not not, not European Tour. I'm sorry, DP Tour. Um, <laughs> dollar into the jar there. Um, but he's played. He, he hasn't played in the United States, and he's going to be one of these guys that is going to come over. And he he kind of reminds me of of a Martin Keimer when Martin Keimer became number one in the world, you know, was really good at one point there is just a real solid game. Just had to get used to the American game and, and, you know, crowds and PGA tour and everything like that. And um, he's at uh, 180 to one to win. I bet him last week at a top 40 and got like plus 400 odds for him or something like that. Didn't end up making the cut first event, like I said, in the United States, but, He's a guy I'm targeting going forward, and I'll probably look for him in, in top 40 betting until he kind of shows me that he's ready to go. I think we'll be we'll be hearing a lot from the Hogard brothers for, for a while. They seem to have a lot of talent. I think we'll see them on Ryder Cup teams going forward, uh, maybe not in 23, but 25 and after. I think those guys can play. So I like that. 
Um, I, I was, you know, doing my typical scanning here, uh, came champ, his name jumps off a little bit. He just shows up and either wins or contends. He's at 250 to one. His off the tee game is still fine, but everything else has been, uh, I would say subpar, um, actually way subpar this year. Um, he's negative in every other category except off the tee. Um, Taylor Pendrith, we know he can he can really hit the ball. Um, it's long off the tee. His name just appears to be showing up a little bit more than just once in a while now. Um, that's probably that's probably as far as I would go. Adam Spenson at two hundred fifty to one as for first consideration for any sort of top ten or top twenty. Past that, it's it's kind of hot garbage to me. Yeah, I don't. Just like last week, it was real hard to to pick out a guy. And I don't know if we're gonna with the field a little bit better and and the uh, you know having the more traditional guys win who've had success on the golf course. I don't think you're gonna really find a winner here. We're just at this point looking looking for guys that can make the cut and and you know move move up on Saturday and Sunday and, and finish in that top twenty or thirty or forty or whatever it is there. So you know, I just. Uh, I, I like the names that you mentioned there and they're, they're, it's kind of underwhelming. Um, otherwise, I mean, I could name it a couple that you'll probably laugh at, and which, which it is what it is, but uh, you know, it's just at this point, it's flyers there. Um, I did see Peter Malnati finished uh, made the cut. I think his last two times he's played. Oh, Mark's know. guy. Mark's guy. Yes. Yeah. Peter Malnati. He's at 301. No, he's not going to win. And he's probably not even going to finish top 10, but you know, he's plus 2000 for a top 10. So, you know, second, he's made two cuts. Can you make a third one in a row, move up the board a little bit? And, you know, he's going to be plus odds at whatever you get him at. Um, how did, I hate this name because I hate seeing him on the board here because he doesn't fit anything at all, but Bo Hostler has been playing pretty good golf. Pretty good. He, he was more, he's a California guy. So he was more so out there and he does not fit the profile for Bay Hill, but yeah, he's played okay. Yeah, he has. His name. But did he make, did he played last week? He finished 16th at Honda. Okay, so yeah. Last week there. So, you know, there's some solid play and he's, he, he's a deep. He's third, third in putting in this field. Um, so he's getting it done. He's getting it done with the putter. He's behind uh, Denny McCarthy, who's second and first in this field in putting the last 50 rounds. So maybe this bodes well, or maybe this is just a curse, but it's Rory McIlroy. Rory McIlroy? He's gaining uh, 0.7 strokes per round the last 50 rounds. That's tops in the field. Okay. Okay. I like. Yep. I actually bet. I actually bet McElroy today as well um, when we were discussing. I think um, I, I did the the parlay action as well, and I don't know if that's going to end up, you know, winning the first couple of legs, but just to boost the odds to get him at a little bit better number there. So, um, but yeah, I, I obviously McElroy like him, but other than that though, yep. Just look at live betting. You know, look at guys who are four and five shots back, but look who's leading. I mean, you've got to consider that as well. Um, you know, Daniel Berger was probably the best player in the field. If he was, if he was known healthy last week, he probably would have been better than Sun J M's odds because 
uh, Sunday was the pre-tournament favorite, but I think with Berger and why he wasn't, why we didn't mention him. I mean, I would have, if I would have no. he was healthy, I would have, uh, uh, I would have said he was probably a good bet, but not knowing if he was fully healthy, you know, may, I, I didn't even touch him the whole time. So, but watch guys who are, you know, four and five shots back that can still, you know, that's not a huge deficit, especially on a tough golf course like this with the rough being like this, the greens are probably going to be hard and fast because they don't get, they haven't get much rain in central Florida here in the last, you know, two or three months. So, you know, um, there could be some volatile scores coming the weekend because I'm sure they'll make it even harder. All right. Arnold Palmer Invitational. Uh, Johnny, thanks for breaking it down. That's always Next week, Players' Championship. That'll be fun to discuss. So we'll get to that. Uh, check us, check out our picks on Wednesday this week on Instagram and Facebook. We'll see if we can hit a winner this week going into the Players' Championship. Uh, thanks for listening, and catch you next time. <laughs>